Welcome to another episode of Simply Sales and Marketing. Today we have one very esteemed guest. He is very big on TikTok. He's big on LinkedIn. Uh, he creates a lot of great video content and he works for Vidyard. It's Will Aiken. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much. That's the uh, the first time anyone's ever called me esteemed. So uh... <laughs> <laughs> You are the expert in sales comedy, advice videos. In case you don't know, Will also has sales feed, which gives some excellent tips for salespeople and a lot of great jokes as well, great content, sharing some of the frustrations that salespeople experience. You've done some amazing TikTok videos, which we're going to talk about as well. Tell us first off, Will, what got you into sales? What got me into sales? I, I don't know. It's a bit cliche, but it was it was total accident. I went to university, <laughs> did a degree that it wasn't really going to get me anywhere that I had no interest in. And, uh, and I, as a result, I defaulted to sales. A lot of people were telling me, hey, Will, you'd be great at sales. A lot of people hear that just from the being the personality in the room. Sometimes you get you get yeah. told that. So I thought I'd give it a shot. And I actually got into recruitment first in agency recruitment, which I think is very similar to sales. But once I got a taste of that, I really wanted to become a full-time pure salesperson. So that's what I did. Yeah, you now have become a huge influencer. What drove you to to get to this point where you wanted to put together fun content for, for salespeople? Again, bit of an accident. I, I really, really enjoy creating videos and I love it when people tell me they love those videos as well. So kind of this time last year, I was working as an account executive for a software company called Proposify. I made a post on LinkedIn, it got some traction. And uh, I got, I got, I wanted to, I said, I'm going to keep doing this because I'm having fun making the stuff and people are obviously enjoying it. So I just doubled down on that. Started posting pretty much every single day on LinkedIn, TikTok. At first it was slow, but then it sped up and then it really sped up. And that's how I got the job that I have now, which is pretty much full-time creating content, like you mentioned earlier, relatable comedy, but as well as sharing tips as my full-time job. And you, um, talking a bit about your journey and the content you put together, by the way, is amazing. You know, you really have sort of grabbed a, a sort of niche area there because mm -hmm. there isn't anything really for salespeople that's that's as fun and as engaging and as as you know it's it's 90% no isn't it and 10% yes and you know salespeople need to have something that they can engage with that's fun and takes away some of that feeling of very lonely role but it's also it's also hard and it can be quite demoralizing but you spoke recently I know you were on the challenger podcast and you were talking about deal cycles, because I think this is important in sales. You know, a lot of salespeople are spending too much time on on perhaps the wrong deals or the wrong activities. And you said that you were spending 65 days on deals, which ended up as closed lost, and 35 that ended up as closed won. So what tips do you have for salespeople for sort of shortening their deal cycles? It might sound crazy. But you've got to slow down. Um, I've, I've found the reason people don't buy, there's a few reasons for it. Sometimes they don't know. Sometimes they're the wrong person. But the biggest one is that they don't have a real tangible challenge that they care about that you can help them solve. And because it's not a real challenge and because they don't think it's that big of a deal, it's really easy for them to put off buying a solution and solving that problem. Which is why 65 day, days later, after you first spoke to them, they say to you, hey, we've got other priorities well that wouldn't happen if it was a real problem 
in the first place. So you've got to be really up, get the work done up front to talk to and do really great discovery with your prospects so that you identify a real challenge. And if you don't, well, there you go. You've got the, the writings on the wall. Don't wait 65 days to tell you for them to tell you they've got other priorities. It sounds like up front, if there isn't much of a challenge, then they probably will have a priorities come up at some point. So you've got to make sure you're talking to the right customers who have a problem that you can solve. And you've got to make sure you, you figure that out as soon as possible. There are a couple of exceptions. There are some buyers who will come in and uh, inbound especially who, who might be purposefully trying to waste your time. Not as a me, do, any, do you any harm, but they might already have a solution in mind. They might already be decided on another solution. They want to just find out pricing and information mm-hmm. yeah. so they can gut check and make sure they're making the right decision. And in those cases, again, slowing down helps a lot. Stop, ask questions. And a lot of the time, the story will unfold in front of you. Uh, so mm. be curious, ask lots of questions up front. And even if someone tells you, hey, I'm ready to buy, that's, a, that's again, a huge reason to start asking some more questions as well. Absolutely. And yeah. I think this thing of disqualify to qualify, it's something that I never did in my sales career earlier on. And it's something that I've only been doing quite recently, but it's looking for the no. So trying to look for all the reasons why your prospect isn't going to buy from you. And I think this is cultural as well. Certainly in more so, I guess, in Europe, uh, a lot of prospects are too polite to say no. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it's calling out that, look, you might not like this. You might, you might think it's the worst thing ever, or you might really love it. But at the end of this demo, at the end of this call, I want you to give me your honest feedback. You can tell me you're not going to hurt my feelings. That, for me, has definitely worked uh, very well. And it's, you know, obviously helped to sort of separate the wheat from the chaff or you know, shorten deal cycles and make sure that, you know, you're only spending time on prospects that have an intent to buy. I think there's a reason people won't tell you no as well. I, by the way, yeah, Canadian, I, I live in Canada and, and I sell a lot to the US. They're, everyone has a hard time saying no to a sales rep. Typically, they're afraid that we're going to try and convince them otherwise, which is just an embarrassing waste of time for everyone. You've got to sometimes take that no and when you get it, understand it. If there's a mis- miscommunication in there, then you can sometimes correct that. Don't try and convince someone they're wrong. I think that's a that's a big reason why a lot of sellers have a bad reputation. Yeah, um, I can't ask uh, on the content side. Just just go back to that because you've, you've been so successful in it, and it's actually it's still relatively new, particularly on the B two B side. From a sales perspective, how do you balance between something that is interesting to make someone laugh? to transition to something that's perhaps a bit more product focused or is it purely just awareness? It's a really good question and one that I think about every single day because at the end of the day, <laughs> I'm a full-time content creator. The only reason yeah. I get paid is because somewhere along the line, there has to be a conversion to a potential customer for the company I work for. I, I, I have a rule generally that I'll do 80-20, 80% giving, 20% asking. That ask can vary. It can be, hey, follow me. Hey, like or comment. Hey, check out this 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 resource that we've linked to. Hey, here's a free trial of said software that I represent. So 80-20, because if you do that too much, then people just feel like they're being sold to. People are being pitched and they tune out immediately. And I, I find it's actually really easy to give for me. I just want to, especially with the, the humorous stuff, as, as Charlotte mentioned earlier, we are all so alone in sales, but there are so many shared experiences we all have. So it's actually yeah. quite a lot of relatable things that happen to us all. And it's yeah. really nice to laugh about it because it, it does suck sometimes to, to be told no when you've been working a deal for, as we said, like six months and then be told it's off. 
that that is awful but self-depreciation is a great way to to move past that and not take yourself too seriously so you can keep getting better um so i find that really easy to keep doing and giving that stuff but then i have to remind myself okay well how do we get value from this and make sure this is this is productive for for myself and my company as well and that's when i'll probably look to my calendar i'll look what i've got coming up and maybe i'll try and plant a post in there where i ask for something back from the audience those generally perform less well but because they're mixed in and people you've built this trust with this audience the sense of community they're much more receptive to it than if yeah. you had just been asking for it without giving anything yeah and so you have a look on your linkedin you say you're a salesperson but actually you you do social you're creating content you know better than a lot of marketers and in this podcast we talk a lot about sales and marketing alignment is it is it a blurring line or how can they better understand each other yeah i think the results are important obviously i mean for, for, for one, I'm very transparent. I currently work on a marketing team, but I still identify as a salesperson. I think I think a lot of the stuff that marketing and sales gets wrong is the focus on different things. And I think sellers are really good, and especially recently well-trained sellers are really good at focusing on customer challenges. And marketing can sometimes be focused on, but they don't focus on that. So I think a lot of marketing yeah. material out there focuses on, hey, we can 10 extra results. When in reality, the, the messaging and, the, and, and the, the reason people buy is because they're trying to solve a problem. So I think marketing misses that sometimes. But that said, coming onto a marketing team, there's a lot of stuff we don't see as sellers that goes on behind the scenes. It's a lot of work. There's a lot of data going on. I think great salespeople understand marketing. Great marketers understand sales. I'd love to see more more people switching between the two departments in their career at some point. Yeah, definitely. That's what really fascinates me as well, Will. And it's one of the reasons that sort of made me want to create this podcast because I want to know more about marketing. So it's like, you know, part of that ties in to knowing really well what you sell. I always talk about sort of if you're, you know, you're selling a marketing tool, you need to really know what it's like to be a marketer. You need to create content. You need to feedback to the marketing team what customer problems are. And I think more and more, as you're saying, more and more salespeople need to really understand marketing, but more and more marketing people need to really understand what it's like to be a salesperson. Do you think, you know, the role you do, do you think that will become more common in companies or do you think it's something that will fall upon everyone? You know, everyone has social, everyone pushes the the brand and says it's something everyone should do or supported uh, it, by it, marketing? It takes a type for sure to, to, to do it. But there's definitely been a lot more people cropping up in B2B doing the role that I do right now, which is to put it very, it's a professional influencer content creator, essentially. But it, it, it's that because I understand the audience we're trying to reach and because I've done that job and because I understand yeah. the seller. I've seen it happen in other, other companies as well. So I've watched a legal software company called Ironclad. They hired an ex-lawyer to come onto their team and become a professional community builder influencer style. A guy called mm. Alex Sue. He's incredible. He's got over 100,000 followers on TikTok and he creates funny, relatable legal content and gives out legal tips for lawyers on how to be productive. And they've had the same kind of results. So I think a lot of companies are doing that now and it's already been happening in B2C for a very, very long time as well. So I think it's, it's lagging behind that. I do think there'll be more full-time people who do what I do who come from the background of the persona that the company's trying to reach. But I also think a lot of sellers can benefit from doing this and a lot of marketers can benefit from doing this without, without the full-time role. You can do yeah. it on the side, like I was doing before I got this job. When I was working yeah. at Proposify, I was selling to salespeople. So creating sales content generated me directly, generated me pipeline. 
which felt yeah. fantastic, being able to generate your own leads. And in, in terms of the, the different channels, I mean, the one question I think everyone would, would ask, particularly from B2B, is, you know, what's the difference between the channels and does TikTok actually work for, for B2B? I think the measurement of success is really important when you compare channels. So first of all, the difference between channels, sales leaders as a team operate on four main channels. That's YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, and LinkedIn. Personally, we've had a really hard time doing Instagram. It's very busy. We've had a lot of success doing TikTok. LinkedIn is definitely where our, our, our persona is. However, TikTok has given us a lot of organic growth, which, which has been really tough on Instagram and YouTube, which yeah. are quite mature platforms where it's quite hard to, to get that yeah. organic reach because there's already a lot of noise out there. LinkedIn, we already had established followings. Our people are there. On LinkedIn, there's not a lot of content like the stuff we're producing, which is why we're, it's really easy to stand out there because we're creating that really unique. We did a webinar yesterday, but we made it completely Star Wars themed. It's something that no one does, right? Getting really out there with their webinars. So it's quite an easy place to stand out because so, so people think it's a professional platform and therefore they can't take risks. Yeah, Every risk we've taken has paid off for us in the big time. Uh, meanwhile, TikTok... Uh, is a great platform for organic growth right now because they just are very generous with their views. They just put your stuff in front of the, the right people with the right hashtags and the right content. You can get hundreds of thousands of views on, on a single video. We've had videos get over 2 million views from wow. a 10-second video that we just put together. So yes, uh, TikTok I love. And the best thing about TikTok content is you can take that and you can put it on LinkedIn and people love it there as well. You can put it on YouTube, you can put it on Instagram. It's really reusable content. One thing I see a lot of companies do is they get their YouTube content or their webinars and their podcasts and they cut them up and put them on TikTok. I found going the other direction with it works better. Make content on TikTok and put it everywhere else. Because people don't sign on to TikTok to, to watch webinars and podcasts. They go on there for little 15 second hits of dopamine. Uh, <laughs> and it's really hard to create that without purposefully creating it to be a 15 second hit of dopamine so yeah i think uh, a lot of people could read really, the script on tiktok yeah really interesting so a, a bit of advice for everyone is is maybe just give it a go yeah absolutely but certainly like you said i like what you said about linkedin and taking risks and vidyard's putting itself out there with some really cool ideas and this is something that comes up a lot a lot of salespeople, a lot of marketing people are afraid to take risks on LinkedIn, aren't they? Because of how they're going to be perceived professionally. Yeah, there are definitely, I've, I've, won, by doing what I do and posting funny videos and sometimes a little bit edgy content and being a bit brazen on that, I've 100% closed some doors for myself. There are people who wouldn't hire me now, 100%. But there's a ton of people who jump to hire me as well. And I think I'd rather, I'd rather it that way. So it's a decision you got to make if you do make it, then go all the way in and uh, accept. But that, I think that's a big risk as well. It's a personal, professional platform. People are worried about damaging their careers or there's a lot of cancel culture out there right now. But you've yeah. got to, you, we know the things that are, are, you shouldn't say. So as long as you stay clear of those and, and, and keep it lighthearted and kind and never mean, then people may critique and say this is silly, but there are people who love it and they it, it's exactly what they were hoping for that day. And LinkedIn is still... Like we were saying, it's one of the most underutilized platforms, isn't it? When you compare it to YouTube and Instagram and Twitter. So messages, get out there on LinkedIn. People start creating your 15 second videos. Sort of leads us into the last question. What do you think should stop Will in in sales and marketing tomorrow if it was down to you? Probably the same thing across both. Just, I think we have a real bad habit of 
talking about ourselves all the time. <laughs> yeah. not, not the people we're trying to help. There's nothing worse than going to a party and hearing the guy who just, or the guy or the girl who just wants to talk about themselves the whole time. They're like, me, me, me. I did this. I climbed Mount Everest. I went surfing in Bali. I went to this resort. Like, oh, just please, come on. Ask questions. Focus on people. Teach them something. You're trying to reach your customers. They don't care about you until they have a reason to. So focus on those reasons. Try and educate your buyers on challenges they not, might not be aware of. And give 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 awesome really good advice i agree give 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 there's too many people who are definitely not doing that right now will is there any other burning topic that you want to talk about before we jump off and also where can people find you anything else that you want to plug i'll just plug sales speed you know it's what i do yeah um, just if, if, if you follow me on linkedin you'll you'll, you'll bound to come across some sales speed stuff eventually so yeah just uh check me out on linkedin if, if you fancy also on TikTok, Will Aitken is the name, uh, not Will Atkins. That's a, that's one a little bit wrong. Okay, so A I T K E N. Awesome. Thank you very much, Will. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, and as always, follow us, leave us a comment, leave us some reviews, give us a rating, and we'll see you on the next episode.